We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The hottest next tape you'll find online. Next all day. We bleed blue and orange. This is Knicks Fan TV, your one-stop shop for the ultimate New York Knicks fan experience. News, rumors, debates, post-game live streams featuring live callers. Let's go Knicks, baby! And now, your host, CP, the NY Fanatic. JLs, the trade winds are swirling around MSG, and I need your reaction to it. We're going to talk it. about those trade rumors. We're going to talk about money. Mitch, Mitchell Robinson um, is going to be eligible to for a... Talk about Hang on, let me just turn rumors. off my, uh, my mute. I was on double sound there. So we're going to talk about the trade rumors. <laughs> also, uh, Mitchell Robinson contract. You know, the Knicks will be eligible to extend Mitch. So we're going to talk to our guy, Jeff Ballone, a.k.a. the Knicks Film School originator on that topic. And R.J. Barrett's... All rookie team snub, rookie of the year snub. Mm. Let's talk about that and and what RJ is gonna do to bounce back in his sophomore year. Hit that thumbs up button for your boys. Salute to everybody in the chat. All right, um, I mentioned this a couple times uh, once on on the lottery night and on another show, and that is is that sources are telling Knicks fan TV. Yeah, we got sources now, JLs. You know, every once in a while we get Wait, like... Also, so now you're the insider. Just, just, I'm, not, right. I'm not inside. I'm not inside. I'm not a journalist. But, you know, right. every, every once in a while we get the birdies. You know, birdies come through and, and talk to us. So <laughs> what the birdies are telling us is that um, number one priority this offseason for the Knicks will be trading Julius Randle. They're going to look to trade Julius. And the first trade rumor that I'm hearing is Julius Randle to the Utah Jazz for Mike Conley and draft considerations. Now, obviously, hmm. from the draft Jazz considerations. standpoint... Considerations, I like that. Yeah, from the Jazz standpoint, you know, um, there's been questions in terms of Conley's fit and, and his chemistry out there with Donovan Mitchell. Obviously, he's taking a step back. The Jazz are going to be looking to re-up Donovan Mitchell this offseason and keep... Uh, their team competitive in the West. For the Knicks, obviously, it's something that, uh, you know, the, the stretch four position is something that is, it's no secret the Knicks have been looking to fill. And also the point guard position, you know, and, and if they, they make this move for Conley, it's a stopgap until they figure out, you know, whether they get one in the draft that they're going to bring up or they get one later on down the road. So, 
Well, what do you guys think, man? Conley for Randall swap. JB, what do you, what do you think about that? Well, I mean, I think it makes sense from the standpoint of, well, A, Julius Randall is somewhere else. We're not, we're not watching him. (laughs) (laughs) But um, no, love love or hate him. I, you know, I I think though, thinking about what's coming back, I mean, you're taking a guy who I know his third year on Randall's contract isn't fully guaranteed, but in Conley coming back, I think for so long, he's been like in your mind of like, here's a guy on his overbloated contract you know, let's not touch him, but his contract expires after next year. So you're basically saying, okay, there's no one really right now that we necessarily want to spend money on or go after. So bringing Conley, it gives you that veteran presence point guard position. You play out this year and then you're free to do what you want in 2021. And meanwhile, you move Randall's contract. And then if you've got um, draft considerations on top of that, um, I mean, to me, on first blush, I, I think you'd have to, you know, I think it sounds pretty good to me. JL, so what's your thoughts, man? Yeah, it's a decent move if you're trying to, like uh, like uh, Jeff said, you know, just get an extra draft consideration here. Like, we haven't really utilized our roster spots correctly in the past, where we just seemed like everybody had to play and, and everybody was kind of, uh, you know, crowded for minutes. And let's let's be honest, I don't expect Connie to play a lot next season if we trade him. So for me, it's almost like uh, a, a Chris Paul-ish move, but without the, you know, the activity where you're just getting a coach. If you draft a point guard in the draft or or if you're letting Frank play, you have somebody to kind of move him along and you get a, a draft back, a draft pick back and he's expired. So it's an okay move for me. And then it's almost like addition by subtraction. You know what I mean? Yeah. You getting you get rid of Randall. You hopefully you sign a stretch four who can start giving room for RJ, and you kind of almost kind of get better by osmosis by uh, addition by subtraction, and at the same time see what um, RJ can do with the extra room. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I, I've said this all year. You know, I understand the fans' frustration with Randall. I felt like um, he was a guy that that played outside of his normal role. You know, meaning that he came here, he had to be the number one guy, and we know that's that's not who he is. Um, he he, he, said he had an up and down season. You know, obviously you wanted to see the three point shot. Um, be there for him. It, it definitely dipped off from his last season with the Pelicans. Not a guy that I'm. Uh, I want to give away. But if you're talking about getting draft capital back, I would certainly look to do that. Obviously, it frees things up for RJ and Mitch. If you look at how these teams are running, man, a lot of these teams are they're, they're opening up that four spot. You know, it's a lot of uh, wings, a lot of versatile wings. You're seeing a lot of um, small forwards in that four spot. Guys that can stretch the floor. Do the Knicks go with? Um, Bertans in free agency. Do they go after Danilo in free right. agency or Christian yep. Wood? Do they give that spot to, to Kevin Knox, right? If Knox moves in, does Iggy move up on, on the depth chart? You know, they have a lot of options. That, that's the thing with the Knicks this offseason and, and moving forward. They have a lot of options, and I think you move Randall, you, you have even more, especially if you're going to be talking about getting some, some draft capital back. So I would definitely yeah, I look into it. Yeah, and it doesn't hurt you that's too Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go on, Jails. Go ahead. Yeah, he man. doesn't hurt you too bad from the three-point line. Like, he shoots 37 from three, 37% from three, puts up a decent amount, 5.4, which is, you know, pretty decent, which is something that we need. Uh, doesn't shoot well in general. 
that's that's kind of a, a little bit abysmal. But again, I'm not expecting to play all that much. I really don't expect much help from him. And if he is healthy, then then we win. I guess. Yeah, I I disagree with you, JLS. I think he would play a ton. And first of all, you can get Peyton out of there, which I'm two thumbs up on that. I no, think Conley but, would. I think Conley coming in here would play a ton, even if no, you go draft a point guard, uh, whether it's at eight or at twenty seven. I think. What, what what I mean is health wise, like he hasn't played. Oh, I got you, got you, yeah, got you. yeah like yes, he's had twelve. Yeah, got yeah. you, <laughs> exactly. got you. Yes, from an injury standpoint, yes, it's certainly a risk. Um, but yeah, like I said, I think you can still go out and get him, still draft your point guard, have him groom that point guard, and if he's healthy, I still think he can help this team, even though you know he's taking a couple steps back a little bit. So I, I think it's a win win for both teams. Yeah, no, and I think the other thing is people you know, since last offseason, have wanted the Knicks to use their cap space for things other than just signing free agents. Mm-hmm. And here's an example of, I'm assuming, you know, that draft considerations is, is partly because they're they're moving a, a large contract where, you know, Randall is, is I guess, make, yeah, he makes less. Randall's so about 18 up. and Conley's 34. Right. So you're freeing up like $16 million of immediate cap space at a cost. And the Knicks, because they have so much cap space, they don't have to match salary if they do the trade after clearing off some of their non-guaranteed contracts. So they can just absorb it back. So to me, it's also like a benefit from that standpoint. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, one thing on Randall is, you know, it's easy, I think, for Knicks fans, that, you know, tired of seeing him do the same sort of things last season and it got frustrated, but it's, you know, if Mitch wasn't here, if Mitch wasn't like a center, you know, a cornerstone piece, right? then, you know what, you can maybe, you know, make an argument for how Randall can fit into the right offense. You got a new coach coming in and, and maybe that can help, right? But it just doesn't make sense when Mitch is the guy that you want to develop to have right. Randall, you know, playing next to him. Yeah, I agree. And and uh, and that's why I think that they, they will look to, to deal him. Um, because like I said, with Utah, they want to keep the spider happy. They're going to max him out. And I think they're going to look for that cap. They don't have much cap space. Uh, they're not working with much cap space right now. And, and so you do that deal. It frees them up. They can go out. Maybe they go out and, and try to get Danilo in here. Um, certainly there was a need for front court depth. They showed that in the bubble. They struggled uh, to provide some depth behind Gobert, some scoring depth as well, mm-hmm. especially with um, Bojanovic out. So I think it's a trade that that makes sense for both teams. Let's go to the phones. Let's go to Brick City, Newark. Towin is with us. He wants to weigh in on the point guard situation. What's going on, man? Hey, how you doing? How you feeling, bro? I'm all right. You, uh, I'm just looking at the NBA. It's it's starting to be it's it's starting to be like rap rap music, like the mumble rap thing. You know, as far as <laughs> Uh, like I mean, you. I'm serious. Uh, you got mumble rap, and then you got you got people that like lyrics. So now, when it when it comes to basketball, everybody's looking for a point guard that scores thirty and forty points. It's not like back in the day when you got a point guard that distributed the ball. You know what I'm saying? The conventional point guards, and then um, you got point guards in your own backyard, like you got a Shamari Pons. Look, looking for work. You got you got people like like uh, Marcus uh, Levet out of St. John's. He's a passer and and he can score. I mean, it's not too far to look. You know what I'm saying? That's 
you know, that's that's just my my thought of it. And then as far as uh, drafting a point guard, mm-hmm. I would I would go with Tyrese uh, Halliburton because okay. I mean he's he's more complete. The next complete thing to to uh, to ball that I I believe you know what I'm saying. Yeah. That's who I would want to run the, the backcourt. We got scorers. We just need to get a point guard mm-hmm. that can distribute the ball to these people. That's it. Appreciate the call, man. That's um, all I got. Thanks. I mean, we, yeah, we definitely need some scores. I'm going to disagree with you on that one. We definitely need somebody that can put the ball in the hole. But, you know, I think his point is that there's plenty of ways to skin a cat. No, you don't need the next Kyrie Irving. But no. until you get that person on the wing that can be that right. dog for you, it, it, you're going to look for the point guard, man, to, to get the, yeah. to get you guys in order and be that engine. Um, exactly. JB, I had I haven't spoken to you since the lottery and everything. What are, what are your um, thoughts on the draft? Are you point guard or bust? Is there a prospect that you like so far? What, what are you thinking? Yeah, no, I mean, I always say with the draft, I don't watch these kids, so I, I'd be making things up to yeah. tell you I really like one guy or the other. But you know, obviously, falling to eight, it just to me opens everything up. I really think it makes it more likely they move that pick, whether it's to you know acquire and a veteran guy or to move up um, or I guess to move back, right. To get more picks. Um, so no, there's, you know, I, I think people are convincing me that, that what's it Poku they call him. Yeah. I know Mac- yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know Macri and Spencer and all them. They, yeah. They're trying to convince me on, on him, but um, you know, I think a guy like Tyrese Halliburton, he seems like the safe pick, but it seems like no one is really excited about him. Um and you worry about the Knicks making a move like that. So, but like I said, I just, I just don't know these prospects well enough to feel like, oh, you know, they got to go get this guy versus yeah. they got to go that guy. But back to that caller, I mean, to me, that has been something though. I feel like we have talked about for a little while with the Knicks where it's always about, they got to go out and get this point guard. And it's usually about a point guard who can score. And it's like, I don't know, a lot of, a lot of really good teams. I know now we're seeing it with Harden and the Rockets. But, you know, traditionally, to his point, you, you don't have your point card being your leading scorer always yeah. on it's the teams, wing. right? It, it's the wing. Exactly. So, yeah. you know, I, I see his point there, too. Yeah, if, pl- if you have a playmaking wing, right, then it, it, it doesn't, you know, behoove you to get a point guard who can do all that for you. But since we don't really have a playmaking wing, I know RJ has potential to maybe be that, even though he hasn't really played that role. And we don't really know what we have with that, but until we have a playmaking wing, then it just seems more essential to have a guard who can at least bare minimum to me break down the defense um, without a screen, which is why I wouldn't go Halliburton, even though I do like uh, Halliburton's game in general. But I just feel like we do need someone who can not down threes, break down a defense and set the table a little bit for the guys around us. Yeah, I, I think it all depends on who you have. And, and you guys have both made excellent points, right? Um, the, the the wing being that playmaking engine. I think Halliburton is going to be able to help any team the, just based on his profile, his defensive acumen, and his catch-and-shoot uh, prowess from three. Um, it's just who is that next piece, whether it's at right. the three or the four, that's going to put put the rest of the pieces yep. together. It, you know what I'm saying? Um, so again, interesting, but I'm like you, JB, I go off of mainly profiles, right? Like around that time of eight of the eighth pick, you're seeing a lot of, uh, wings at that spot. You've seen some three D wings. You're seeing an an Isaac Okoro who many are uh, comparing to a Jimmy Butler type, right? And I, my point is swing for the ceiling. 
swing for the highest yep. ceiling. Whatever, whoever they have on that draft board, I don't want to go safe. You know, if Halliburton, if Vassell are the safe picks, go somewhere else. You know, swing for the fences at eight and, and see where you end up. You know, see, yeah, no, see where I, you I, I think I think that's fine. And you know, every draft made a best first fit. It's like, you know, you go back and look at these drafts. And when are you ever going back looking at a draft saying, oh, you know, I'm glad this team took this player because of the position. Like, you're just looking at who are the best players taken. Yeah. Now, I will say you don't want to necessarily draft a guy that you have some, you know, like we have Mitch. You know, if you're going to keep him on the team, and I guess will be the next topic we talk about long term, then obviously you might hurt the development of a player at the same position. So maybe he doesn't right. realize his potential the same as he would if he was somewhere else. Yeah. So in that regard, it makes sense to consider position. But otherwise, yeah, just just t- you really got to take the best guy. That that's what's going to matter. Then. Yeah, that that's what I'm saying. Um, back to the phones. Let's go to uh, West Coach Josh from San Diego who's with us. Josh, how you feeling, man? What's going on, CP? How you doing today? Hey, how you feeling, bro? Not much, not much. Um, so first thing I want to say is I uh, I think that would be a really good trade for the Knicks to make. Um, the Randall for Conley straight up trade. Um, but I, I do want to defend Julius Randall a little bit in this standpoint because I know a lot of Knicks fans hate him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Julius Randall was our best player last year, and we really didn't have a, a really good point guard to really handle the ball like that, and we had no spacing. Um, just because Julius Randall was doing the, perm- like the majority of the ball handling, and which is not really something that he was really good at, I feel like Knicks fans are really just uh, criticizing him a little bit too much. I think if the roster was a little bit more balanced and you had that spacing on the floor, Julius Randall would, would be more of an asset than a detriment yes. to the team. So that, that's I, number I one. But all that being said, well, I, I do like right. that trade. Um, I think bringing Conley, even though his contract is steep, you have a point guard right there, former All-Star, uh, not only his scoring ability, his three-point shooting, and his ability to, to distribute and everything like that. So I think that's a, a really good deal. And um, the last thing I want to say, I really don't like the fact that Knicks fans are calling Mitchell Robinson a cornerstone. I really am struggling with that because the guy really can't do really much on offense. I mean, no other franchise would consider a player like Mitchell Robinson a cornerstone. Mitchell Robinson is someone that's going to develop into a complementary role player type of player on any other team that you put around others. But us as Knicks fans, we don't really have anybody else, so we call Mitchell Robinson his cornerstone. I just really struggle with that. Mm-hmm. Hey, interesting, yeah. and, and that's a perfect segue um, to to JB's article with the Daily Knicks. Because JB, you wrote about uh, some of the contract options that the Knicks will be yep. facing in, in terms of Mitchell Robinson's future. Man, just just talk a little bit about um, about your, your piece there and what you were thinking. Yeah, no, I think that the question is exactly what that caller brought up, right? Like. He is a cornerstone in the sense of based on the assets the Knicks currently have, you look at Mitchell Robinson and RJ Barrett and that those are your best assets, right? But in terms of when you're now thinking about he, you know, he signed a four-year contract, but since he was a second round pick, and this is what I covered in the article, his contract worked a little different. So normally when you are a first round pick, you're on a rookie scale contract and after four years, you become a restricted free agent. So you're, you know, the team gets a chance to keep you. But what's different, and we saw this with um, with Nikolai Jokic in Denver, is if you're a second round pick, after four years, you become an unre- unrestricted free agent. So you, you're free to go anywhere. 
So the Knicks are in a position right now where, um, since it's the second year anniversary of his contract, he's now eligible for an extension and they need to decide, do we extend this guy now thinking he's going to develop into maybe, you know, either a star player or a role player that's so good they can't live without him. And I feel like that's a better way maybe to describe Mitch. And if so, can you extend him now for a cheaper price than if you wait until either next year when, when you can make him restricted or the year after when he's unrestricted. The problem though with doing that is he's so cheap right now. He's yeah. he's gonna make 1.6 million next year and 1.8 million the year after that. So you, you have to say to yourself, well, geez, if we do nothing and he develops like we think he does over the next two years, yeah, he's gonna be expensive, but we just got all that production for less than $4 million over right. two years. So. Yeah. So there's a lot to consider there. Yeah. Go ahead, Jails. Uh, it's, it's like stock, man. It's just like <laughs> it's like it's like stock, like buy high or low. I mean, if it, I think bare minimum he's going to be a rotational piece, even if like even if he develops a little bit more in the defensive end, which I fully expect from the time to middle, I feel like he'll be a rotational piece for years to come. So I would definitely try to extend Mitch personally and, and just right now, away. right now. I would I would extend Mitch personally. Yeah, and then um and then and then um and then see what happens. I, I fully expect him to develop at least to as a guy who can you know um set a proper screen, block some shots, get the rebounds. I think that's going to be in his future. Right now, whether he expands his offensive game is another story. He seems like he's done that a little bit in high school. He's putting in the work in the summer. Will they let him go? Will they let Mitch Sham God? Who knows. well i mean look i i think and this is my guy y'all know i I go to war for mitch but i would wait i would wait keep the cap flexible continue to build with complementary pieces you don't know if you're gonna have to go out and get a a three and d wing or another stretch four or point guard keep the cap flexible for the next two years um and see how his game progresses right Two things yep. you're going to know. You, you're going to know that they're going to be upgrading in talent over those next two years. So you, you would think that his game is automatically going to elevate. But my question is, what will Tibbs, Kenny Payne, Woodson, how will they get him to expand his game a little bit? Not turning him in, into AD, you know, baby steps here, but can he put the ball on the ground a little bit, right? Can he pass it a little bit? One thing about Tibbs' offense is, whether it was Noah or Carl Anthony Towns, he had a... a, a a big that was better yep. than average at passing. You know, Noah increases his assist per game from 1.8 before Tibbs up to five at one point, uh, 2013-14 season. Obviously, I don't know if Mitch can get to that point, but again, my question is, from a development standpoint, um, how much will his game evolve over the next two years? Right. And I'm willing to take my risk to go into free agency and say, okay, at this point, who do we have on this roster? Where are we going? And now does it make sense to use his bird rights and, and give him a bag if, if that's what he commands? Like here's here's my thing though. If I feel like me personally, if I feel like he's gonna be at least this, when mm-hmm. I say extend him, I'm not saying extend him for the if I'm extending him and giving him security, I'm coming to the table with at least like uh, you know, seven mil around that range, like yeah, a little yeah, yeah. A, a, yeah. a little under market value. A little bump. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, that's right. That's the key. Right. Exactly. You send them. You got to get them on that discount. Yeah. Exactly. I'm not going to get. The question though is, what's the disc? Like, how rich, much of a discount? Rich Paul's not seven... going for no discount, man. <laughs> rich Paul and discount right. <laughs> do not go hand in hand. But it's just like that. I think that's the big debate, right? That that's happened on uh, all these Twitter threads that you know, we all jump on. It's like, well, how much is he really worth right now? You yeah. know. And I I think that's that's a tricky thing. And I think especially like you're alluding to with playmaking and yeah, maybe under Tibbs, he can develop these things, but to have a big man in a modern NBA who doesn't shoot the three, right. isn't really a playmaker by, you know, any sense of the word. He just really does the things really a traditional big has done just really well. Right. Like that, that's kind of what he does. But even that a traditional big had post moves, right? Like had right. some sort of offensive game away from the two feet around the rim. Yeah. So you are really like, you have to be so elite at those skills to justify, you know, a, a large percentage of the cap. Um, you, you know, I, I think waiting, you know, it, it allows you to see if he's going to develop anything outside of that. Uh, yeah. yeah, and and that's that's why I'm waiting. And and not only that, on the offensive side, um, how about his discipline defensively? Like he had improved from freshman year to this year in terms of just staying out on the court, but he was still, I think, per thirty six, he was still averaging about five fouls a game. So you know, can he stay on the court? You know, is he going to be a liability yep. when they throw more switches at him and he's guarding threes and fours and twos out there on the switch? Can he stay out there on the court? and not be a, a, a liability from that standpoint. Well, yeah. plus I'm going to throw a hand grenade into this, mm -hmm. but two years, and I know we can't say this guy's name anymore, but let's just pretend, <laughs> let's forget the trade for a second. Kristaps Porzingis, after two years, if you talk to Knicks fans then, when we talk about cornerstone player, right? Like, to me, that's the other thing with Mitch, is it's like, if you are a you know, a hoop junkie or a fan of the team, you know, like what Mitch can offer. But I think that there is a feeling that, you know, the Knicks or the Knicks community feels his value is a little higher than maybe the broader NBA community does right now. Mm -hmm. And I just can't decide would that allow the Knicks to sign him to a, a friendly deal or not, because right now you're not competing against anyone. Right. So there's no way for him to see there's not anything else out there higher. So you might end up paying him more like that. That's what I'm not sure about. So it, it's a tricky situation, yeah. but I just think, you know, it's not a home run and you, and you gotta, you gotta wonder like, do you, do you make a gamble at a time you don't have to when it's not a home run? Greet you wholeheartedly, man. Salute to everybody in the chat. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Creeping up on 600 on YouTube. Salute to everybody once again. Um, please share these videos. Salute to everybody watching on Facebook. If you guys are new in the chat, leave us a hashtag new so we can shout you guys out. So far, we've covered uh, a potential Randall deal. Randall for Conley. Leave a comment in the chat. Let us know what you think about that. And Mitchell Robinson. You know, what is Mitch's worth? Uh, down the road to this team and and when do you see them when do you feel like they should uh try to re-em up on the deal because i know clutch uh rich paul and clutch are not gonna go quietly into the night on that contract well you can you can uh guarantee that one uh who else we got in the chat here salute to all the mods we got ty champ team hashtag new welcome ty champ anthony david in the chat says keep bobby portis we got a vote for bobby portis oh wow in the 
in the chat. All right. Keep Bob. Bobby's been working. Bob Bobby's working in the yeah. off season. We got Camario Jarvis checking in from uh Bermuda, I think. So salute so, uh Camario. All right, let's get to the phones. Haven't heard from my guy in a while. Ron Cleveland in the building, ladies and gentlemen. Ron, what's going on, man? Man, 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 <laughs> man, man. What's going on, CP? Jealous. Ron, how you feeling, bro? Talk to me, man. How you been? Man, hey, I've been I've been doing good, man. I've been doing good, man. Hey, I, I'm I'm listening to you guys, man, and uh um I got I gotta start with, with Mitchell Robinson. I mean, it is it's a no brainer to me. The guy is is a cornerstone play piece for the Knicks. You go ahead and, and you sign him now because it's gonna be cheaper to keep him at this rate and, and you think about it, you can get that guy, you can lock him up for about five years and that forty. And and even at five years, forty million, eight, you're talking eight million a season. Even if he don't progress any further than what he does now, that's, that's still saying. a good deal yeah. for the Knicks. Yeah, we won't believe with that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, and the thing is, when you look at the reason why you would would go ahead and lock him up now, and why I consider him a cornerstone, we look at some of the games that this guy has where he just seriously just takes over the game and don't even have a go-to offensive repertoire other than, than putting back and putbacks and dunks, you know, putting stuff back around the rim, rebounding, shot blocking. Mitchell Robinson is a problem. And the ability that he has at, at his size, even to stay in front of guys that's smaller than him, the guy defense is exceptional. So that's what makes him a cornerstone piece. You go ahead and, and, and sign him and you keep him. You think about it, when the last time that we had a, a defensive player with the mindset like him? With the ability to do that. Yeah, Chris Dodds was, was a good round-the-rim protector, but not the ability to move his feet like like Porzingis. I mean, not yep. like, like Mitch. You know what I mean? <laughs> so you go ahead and you do that. Julius Randle, he has to go. He has to go. You can't keep Julius Randle and, and RJ. Both them guys like the same spots on the floor. It's going to clog the lane up. you got to you got to move on from Julius Randle. Plus, we know he's not the future. We're not going to keep him. That Conley move. From what I'm hearing, I don't have a problem with that move at all, CPJ Ellis, man, and I tell you the reason why. We've been looking for a point guard since Steph Murray. Steph Stephon Marbury. Marbury. We hadn't had a point guard since Stephon Marbury. Let that sink in. Let Tell that you. really sink in. So Mike Conley and the thing is, do we want to wait on a point guard to develop? We know New York is impatient. We're impatient. Let's just be real about it. We ain't patient. We can't afford to wait. We need to go ahead and just get somebody established. If we can't get Van Bleet, go ahead and get Conley. But we got to get an established point guard. And I ain't even messed up with getting Chris Paul, telling you the truth. Yeah. But we can't we can't get no 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 point guard we gotta wait on. And with that, fellas, that's my take on it. Y'all have a good evening. Hey, Nick family, we gonna roll, man. It's a new sheriff in town. His name is Leon Rose. You heard me? <laughs> Salute, Ron. Get to hear yeah, from you, man. It's been a minute. Um, listen, you know, every point guard's not gonna come in and shine like John Morant. You know, it's gonna take some time, and that's why I think having a stopgap. I, I said CP three earlier. I was on board. I think I think his price may change. We will see yep. what the cap situation. Um, you know, how that influences everything. But again, you bring in a Conley, it's a nice stop cap. Maybe you can get him for way cheaper, you know, come down on that deal a little bit once that deal expires. 
and have him in there as a caretaker until your point guard of the future uh, makes his way up. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely agree with that. And to go back to Mitch, too, like, I know he's not perfect on defense, but I still feel like the just the potential to guard wings and switch and block three-point shots. I don't think there's that many bigs out there who can do that, which is why I'm, I'm intrigued by keeping Mitch around. Yeah, and like yeah. I said, extend him, but not, you know, not give him the full the full big man bag. But yeah. like, you know, the like Capella. Yeah, exactly. Not the Capella bag, not but this is like, bag. listen, we're going to invest a little bit in you because I feel like you'll be this at least. So and the then, max that they could give him right now an extension, the way it works, would be, I think it was four years, 56 million. They could put in a signing bonus in there. But what about that? Like, we're talking... I think everyone agrees those seven, eight million, you know, th that's a pretty safe contract, mm -hmm. right, to sign. But if it was more like 14, 15 million, which I've seen that a number that people guess he could be worth, which again, that's not, you know, that's not a max contract. But no. um, what about that? You guys think you'd be comfortable with that? Uh, no. Nah, that's I like that. No. That's too much. Nah, that's it's a little bit too, too much of a gamble. Yeah, seven to eight, maximum nine, closer to ten, but fourteen now. Nah. No, much. Okay. Not right now. Not right now. That's my guy. I'm telling yeah. you right now, that's my guy. But I, I would wait it out. I would wait it out. And and again, if they feel like he's worth it, I'll go over the cap to sign and pay the tax, whatever it is. If if they're at a place where keeping them makes sense. Yep. So. Uh, again, interesting debate, man. Interesting debate. Um, Super Chats came in. Raw Hebrew Remnant said, Mitch is special, period. Extend him now. Uh, he said three years, 2436. So, um, yeah. So he's saying between 8 to 12, we should stop dissing our own players. Dude is 22. No, it's not dissing them all. Maybe people in the chat are dissing them. But no, it's not dissing them. It's just, it, it's a debate that the front office is going to have to, you know, is going to have to have. It's a realistic uh, conversation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Alan well, Burke. Especially like we go ahead, like bro. we oh, sorry, I was gonna say, especially though, like we're saying, you're comparing to he's gonna make 1.6 and 1.8. So you gotta ask yourself over the next two years. So it's not even like, is he what is he worth? You also have to compare it at you can keep him for just that amount for two more years. Right, right. That, that's exactly right. Um, so to Alan Berman, he says, can Conley spin into three defenders and lose the ball with the game <laughs> on the line? <laughs> Y'all really want to lose that? Hashtag Dizzy moves. Gang. Hashtag Dizzy Gang. Hashtag Keep Mitch. Dizzy <laughs> Gang. Uh, <laughs> Listen, man. Julius, he, he, he just had the heart of a champion. That's all, man. Yeah, That's I feel all. bad for Julius sometimes, man. Because I know no. like, we, we roast him so bad, but he's not that bad. It's just it's just a no, bad not. fit, man. He, he's not. Yeah, That's a bad fit, it's exactly. Bad fit. And it took him, it just took him longer than it seemed like it should have early in the year to realize when there's five guys around me. And even like if he got caught along the sidelines, it's like the whole other team is surrounding you. Just that visual should be like pass the ball and yeah. he wouldn't, you know. It's yeah. Just, mm -hmm. Well, if he's here, hopefully, um, Fizz, I mean, Tibbs will, you know, get him going. You know, that's all we can hope for is just more more development. And if they bring in, you know, they're bringing in his big man coach, Kenny Payne, hopefully they, they rein him in if he's still here. Um, shout out Mingo Kersey. He's team hashtag new. Salute to Mingo Kersey. Everybody in team hashtag new. Salute to everybody. All right, let's get another phone call in here. 
Let's go to um. Let's go down South Florida. Oh, Skrilla in here. What's going on, bro? You. Hey, what's up, fellas? How you feeling, bro? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I, I agree. My fault. Yeah, I agree with uh with Ron. You know, I think you know I feel the same way about uh Mitch. You know, I think I think we should lock him in. You know, before he uh, Tibbs turns him into defensive player of the year, basically. Because I think that's going to happen. Mm. You know, and and I'll tell y'all something too. I think I think the same thing with Frank. I think because Frank's contract's about to be up. I think we should lock him in before he turns into something and get him on the cheap and maybe lock him in for like four or five years and have that kind of defense. Two defensive guys, real young. You know what I mean? Locked mm-hmm. in for super cheap mm-hmm. before they, you know, do something to increase their value. JL, so you want to say some guy, bro? I'm a Frank fan. Like, I like Frank, but I feel like we have a lot more leverage with Frank than Mitch. Yeah. I wouldn't, um, as much as I like Frank and I think he, he can be a good piece, I wouldn't lock him just yet. There's a lot more to prove with Frank to me. So, yeah, that's how I see on that. Yeah, I mean, I think the leverage point, it's like, well, yeah, I mean, what what can Frank even ask for right now, right? So Yeah, Frank Frank maybe. has no leverage, and, and he's completely replaceable. I mean, let's just be real. Um, right now, right. he is what he is right now. I'll take him, and, and let's see how he executes Tibbs' system because you're going to need guys like that here for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, he has no leverage, really. Right, but, I mean, to the caller's point, though, the teams who guess right about this stuff, right, you lock these guys in. When when you can get when Nick when you have all the leverage as a right. team and you can get when you guess right that's that's the difference maker yeah. right when you mm-hmm. you know Golden State for everything they did their key thing was they got Steph Curry coming off that injury yeah. right so yep. they I mean mm-hmm. it's all about signing these guys where it gives you then the flexibility to do other things so um, you know it's just I guess a matter of do you think you know Frank and Mitch are those are those pieces or not but um, if you guess right, that that gives you a big advantage. It's a game yeah, for sure. Man. Go ahead, Jails. Oh uh, man, nothing, nothing important. Just something stupid. Like I, I, I always thought if the Knicks actually did draft Steph when he had went through his ankle problems, I feel like we would have traded him. They, they would have traded him for Melo anyway. We would have messed that up and yeah, traded. They would have <laughs> traded him for Melo, man. His ankles would have never healed. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> his ankles would have never healed, man. Somebody in the chat said that uh, Julius blocked Macri. Is this true? We need confirmation. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. He Julius right here. Yeah. He, yeah, he was on a he he was on um he was on uh our Nick of Time last week, and he was talking about Mac uh Julius, and he went to check up some stats or something, <laughs> something. And then he couldn't see anything. <laughs> he was just passing by and got blocked. Oh, my yeah. God. My guy, Alex Trattaro, said he got blocked. He didn't even know what he did. Hey, man, I got I got yeah. blocked by Joe Budden. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, right. That's because people refuse to take Joe Buttons. Yo, we had like a year-long debate, a Knicks debate, and somebody threw Joe Button in there, and he repeatedly asked, like, yo, can you please take yeah. me off this thread? <laughs> Nobody did it. Oh, Nobody yeah, took him off, and I just go. got blocked by yeah. association. JL, right. and, then, and then we've all been blocked by Howard Beck. So there you go. I never, I haven't been blocked. I haven't been blocked by Beck, oh, Isola, right. no players. I don't know. I've been I've been keeping a, a clean streak so far. I guess so. I, Isola Same. did hit me in the on the DMs one time though. 
a couple yeah. times. Oh, okay. Yeah. You're part of that club. Though. Yeah, yeah. So I am part of yeah. the Isola DM club. That, yeah. that weird thing he's got going on. <laughs> well, I'm not part of the DM club, but he did hit me in the comments a little spicy like a year ago. <laughs> So and he was like, you can do a podcast, huh? And I was like, oh, we should come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Oh, man. I forgot. Oh, this was um, summer of uh, the draft. Speaking of Frank, summer of the draft. This is the first show of Knicks Fan TV. So I'm taking a break from recording my, my vlog. And I'm at a bar. I'm at a happy hour on a rooftop. And so people are talking to me because they see me recording. And they see me with the Knicks gear on. So I'm talking to some random dude. And he mentioned Isola. I'm like, yeah, Isola's a hack. He's trash, blah, 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 blah. And he was like, oh, he's actually my best friend. We went to high school together. In, in my- oh, man. <laughs> That's like one of those commercials, need to get away. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, yeah, you know, yeah, he's trash. <laughs> All right. Wesley from Brooklyn. What's going on, man? Hey. How's it going, uh, man? I just want to talk about the, the draft. Okay. Um, what do you What do you think? Being that we got such a, I said, being that we got such a uh, a late pick, I was thinking that they should draft the point guard Grant Riddler. With and um, since we got two, I thought they should they should, two two first round. I think they should get uh, Vernon Carney from the from Duke. Okay. Hmm. I mean, and, and, and uh, um, oh, I, I cut him off. Um. Go ahead with your last point, bro. The, the center. Who? who? Uh, Yudoka. Oh, you. Abusa. Abusa. yeah, from Kansas. All right, pre- appreciate the call, man. I mean, from from what I read, I'm I'm not a draft expert by any stretch, but it seems like a guy like a Grant Riley, you can get way later in the draft. Maybe he's there at 27, maybe at 38, you know, if they can get him. I'm hearing good things about him. You know, people have mm-hmm. some good things to say, but not at eight. You know, you're not going to go with him at eight, but... um. Yeah, but but I'm hearing good things about Grant Ryler, but he he should be there for 27 or, or 38. Um, another OG back with us, JL. This is this is a reunion show. Max from the Bronx in the building. What's yeah, going on, Max. <laughs> Yo, CP JL, what's good? What's, what's good, going bro? on, bro? No, CP JL, what's good? Good. I can't hear y'all if y'all talking. Oh, damn. Oh. Yeah, we good. We good. Go ahead, yeah. go ahead with your point, bro. We good. Yeah, we good, bro. Go ahead with your point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, loud and clear. Right, so, okay, good. All right. all right. So, cool. So, yeah, we got to trade Julius Randle because we all know, <laughs> you know, we can't have that. Because people actually think RJ had, like, a bad season. And he had, like, the worst spacing ever in history of freaking basketball. Yeah. It's like yep. It was worse than 90s Knicks basketball while yeah. he play last year. You know what I'm saying? We can't have Julius on the floor. You need to develop your guys. So, I asked you guys this question. You guys were debating whether you should pay Frank. Now, there's a guy named in the playoffs called, what, what's his name, Lou Dort, right? Now, yep. is Lou Dort better than Frank? Hey. I don't know. Is it really a debate? Can Frank do exactly what Lou Dort was doing in this playoffs? Of course he can. You pay that man, you pay him four years, $20 million, $25 million, get him on the cheap, have him be coached on the tips, and then watch him grow. We had, like, the worst development staff in the last couple of years. You can't just sit there with no good players, with some rookies and some young players. You know that. You didn't know how to develop nobody. <laughs> you, you, you pay Knicks. You don't trade these players. You, you grow players. That's what Denver does. That's what smart organizations do. Now, one more thing in terms of the draft. In the draft, 
we I think we should wait to like the second pick of the first round to maybe think of a point guard. Right now, we need as much spacing and versatile players as possible. So if you need an Aaron, I think his name Nate Smith, who shot like fifty percent from three, or um, the guy that um, Vassal, you need those kind of players mm-hmm. and open the floor up for RJ and Mitch. And you'll see RJ can have his twenty points this year, this upcoming year if you let him if you develop the team the right way. And I'm still not down on Knox like that. I think Knox is just he needs some fire under his belly. But Knox can hit a wide open three. Knox can play. If he grows some muscles, he can play a small, like a small ball four. You know what I'm saying? So I think this team is not as bad as people make it seem. I just think we need to develop, it, develop these players the right way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, I, I hear you, man. And, and um, again, at eight, they got options. Obviously, yeah. I don't think the trade-up is going to be there for them to get LaMelo, but I think yeah. Hayes could be there for them. Halliburton mm-hmm. could be there for them. Where do they rank Lewis? Where do they rank Cole Anthony on their point guard depth chart? How do they feel right. about Okoro if he drops, or, or Toppin, or Vassell if he drops? Um, the Celtics with three first-round picks, 12 players on the contract, they yeah. could be a trade-down partner mm-hmm. starting at 14. You know, I, I think there, there's um, there's some, some prospects there uh, for the trade-down as well. So it all depends. It all depends on, on how the Knicks draft board looks and um and how they want to utilize it but again i wouldn't reach up for the point guard if they don't feel like you know he's there for them at eight yeah i I wouldn't reach up there's a lot of point guard prospects in this draft they feel like they Mm -hmm. can get a guy that they want to develop in their system at 27 go for it yeah go for it yeah no i think especially when guys can drop like yeah you know someone like killian hayes he's all over the place on the board right right so you could have a guy that for you might have third on the whole board that is somehow available at eight. So the, 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 to me, it's the guys like that that have a lot of variability that um, could be interesting at eight because, like I said, you could have them really high up your board and for whatever reason, he fell to you. Man, I, if Killian is there at eight, That's your I'm guy, taking right, him. Tails? That's my guy. <laughs> if Killian is there at eight, I'm taking him. I just I don't yep. expect him to get past Detroit because I know they need a point guard too. And I know they got Derrick Rose and all, but, you know, He's a little older, and I feel like they want to go with a youth movement and might use him as a trade chip eventually. But, yeah, I'm going Killian if he's available, and, and I'm yeah. not turning back. Yeah. Hey, I, I would have no problem with that, man. Um, so to everybody in the chat, once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Just a reminder, tonight's episode is brought to you by Manscaped. JLS and JB, man, the Nuggets bounced back heavy last night against the Clippers. And the people at Manscaped want to protect your Nuggets. That's with the Lawnmower 3.0. It's cordless. Excellent battery life. Comes with a state-of-the-art ceramic blade to keep you safe from nicks. And this is the perfect grooming tool. The number one men's grooming tool for below-the-waist hygiene. Make no mistake. Um, LED light. Like I said, waterproof. Great design. Right now, go to manscaped.com to get 20% off plus free shipping with promo code NYX. Manscaped.com, promo code NYX. All right, just had to pay bills a little bit. Um, <laughs> Max had uh, had spoken about RJ, and speaking of RJ Barrett, the Rookie of the Year announcements were made, <clears throat> and uh, John ja Morant, to, to no one's surprise, made it. Salute to John. Ja. He, he was an absolute beast. Mm-hmm. Um, RJ finished eighth. RJ Barrett finished eighth. 
Did you guys, JP or JLS, did you guys have an, any issues with, with the standings and, and RJ's finish? I mean, he, got, he had to get that one third place vote to make the list. And I've been saying that. I think it's, I think it's Berman. That was Berman. That, that was definitely Berman. Yeah. You yeah. saw him in, in comments, you know, being like, how are people voting for Zion? He played, nine, well, it was 19 games before the, the yeah. uh, Orlando thing, right? That was Berman. Um, definitely Berman. To me, I just have a hard time with, like, looking at should he have been, like, six or eight, whatever. I think it's just clear. He, he clearly wasn't one of the best rookies. So I don't have a problem with it at all. And, and I'm not going to get upset if, if he's eight instead of, you know, whatever number you want to tell me he should have been. It, yeah. it just, you know, it's not all his fault. He came into a situation, you're a rookie, you start off four and 18, you have a new coach, then you got to, you know, the president changeover, you know, the spacing, everything we've talked about. Right. So it's not all his fault. But he just clearly, to me, wasn't one of the top rookies, whether it's partly his fault or not. You know, his true shooting percentage amongst, you know, I think all players was one of the worst in, in the NBA. So, yeah. um, you know, it, it, there's a little blame everywhere there. But, uh, you know, he wasn't one of the best rookies. Let's put it that way. We know that is true. Should he have been hired in eight? I guess you guys can tell me what you think there. Yeah, that's yes. what you think. He should be hired in eight. <laughs> that's really... I, I, I like like I get the issues and stuff, but he still was like, wasn't he like top three or top four in every category? But shooting yeah, I guess it was really advanced stats. Advanced stats. He was terrible, right? On the surface, right. when you talk about points, rebounds, assists, yeah, he was he was up there with the rest of them. Um, just advanced stats. Was he much of an impact rookie? I think that's where the question was. Yeah, to advanced stats is like the Twitter stat, but it's like. <laughs> To me, I mean, I guess, I guess for me, like just like we said, like you see what happened. I guess for me, considering how bad the spacing has been, I feel like he still was able to kind of produce a little bit despite the bad spacing. And even though he wasn't finishing crazy because he had four, three or four people draped over him like a cheap suit, he was still able to draw. Like I think, I think he drew the most fouls out of anybody. So he's like, he still made something from nothing with the bad spacing. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Eighth is like I don't know, ridiculous to me, man. Yeah. But it is what it is. It's, it's. I think he's gonna look completely different with shooters around him, and it's, yes. he's gonna look way better. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely true. I I think he'll look a lot better. I mean, what happened to the shooters? You know, they brought in Ellington, they brought in Bullock. Um, those guys had reputations for being good shooters, man. They they did not deliver yep. for him. Um, Kevin Knox did not come through for him. You know, I think again, I think yes, RJ was dealt a bad hand, especially in the beginning of the season when you were dealing with uh, um, guys that dominated the ball like Julius Randle, Marcus Morris, and and even Peyton, whose favorite right. target was uh, Julius. So I think he he caught a bad hand there. Free throw shooting and 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 uh, just regular field goal percentage needs to improve. Absolutely, no doubt about it. Uh, in terms of the list, you know, once you get out of the contention, right, the contenders, which is like top three, Jow Jow ran away with it, so there was really yep. no yeah like second guessing it. So I think it's once yeah. you get out of like that top three, everything else is just like whatever. I think once you see Zion at number two, you can throw the whole thing in the garbage because well, that's the thing, yeah. a kid that yeah. plays 19 games and, and you put him up there second place, that's just ridiculous. 
You right. know, that's just a complete slap in the face. I think Hero got, got snubbed from the list completely. I was going to say, that's who I was going to bring up. He's yeah. the one that you did, yeah. Yeah, Tyler Hero's Hero a, a damn assassin. He he was completely yeah. um, off that list. On a good team. On a good team. On a good team. On a, on a good yeah. team. But, you know, if you look at the rest of the guys on this list, Kendrick Nunn, obviously Miami had an outstanding season. Um, Zion, waste. Brandon Clark had a great season. Great season for Memphis. He, he was outstanding. I thought Kobe White played okay. I thought he was okay. Mm-hmm. Second half, he finished strong. Eric Pascal on a worse team than the Knicks. Gets the votes. You could argue statistically was a bit better. Um, Terrence Davis, again, world champs. He, you know, he fitted, He played a role on Toronto, and then RJ finished eighth. So, whatever. I, I think RJ is going to use that for, for motivation. We know he's in the gym. His trainer was uh, on Twitter saying that he's working on his shot. He's working on his shiftiness. So let, let's see how he bounces back for, for year two, man. But I'm, I'm looking forward to RJ year two. Yeah, me too, yeah. man. He was, he was progressing. I felt like he was progressing in the last couple of months before this whole shutdown ended. I, I saw the free throw percentage was climbing month to month. I saw the three-point percentage was climbing month to month after that uh, injury, or at least week to week. So hopefully he builds on that, and RJ is good next season. Yeah, well, and you mentioned the free throws, right? Like he he draws fouls, he gets yes. to the line. So to me, that is the big thing. I mean, it's it's the least advanced stat, free throw shooting, right? Like, right. you know, he's got to knock down those free throws, and you know, we're talking about who's a cornerstone player or not. I mean, if you're going to have Mitch and RJ forty percent of your lineup for the foreseeable future, you know, if RJ's not going to shoot. You know that that really makes it where you you know you have to you have to overcompensate now at all the other positions. Yes. Yeah, you got to make um, sure you hit. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, which is why my issue even with Lamelo Ball, like I know now, you know, they'd have to trade up and everything, so maybe that doesn't happen. But I just kept thinking to myself, you're gonna have three guys that you're it's building tough. around, and you're not sure any of them can can hit a jump shot like that. Yeah. You know, so anyways, that's where I want to see improvement it is with the shooting. But there's so many other things that, like you said, to, to be excited about. He is still young, and I think in the right spot, he'll yeah. be fine. Well, well, when you think about Tibbs, and you think in particular about the Butler comps, right? I mean, Jimmy's shooting mm. percentages weren't that great coming in. He was a better yeah. he was a better field goal uh, free throw shooter than RJ uh, in college coming in from Marquette. He was a, he was always above seventy five percent. Um, but you look at a Jimmy who his three point numbers were pretty abysmal this season, shooting 40% in the bubble, you yep. know, and, and when it comes to RJ, if you're going to look at Jimmy and, and how he's being used, and of course, in the context of Tibbs, you know, yeah. what about the clutch factor, right? Like what yeah. about those traits that mm-hmm. don't pop necessarily on the stat sheet in the regular season, but just, you know, what Butler's showing man in this bubble is, is he's, he's a gamer, bro. It, He's a dog. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that dog is coming out. Go, go ahead, JLs. Nah, I have nothing. Yeah, he he has that it factor, man, for sure. And I saw somebody mention the post game about RJ, too. That's something else to, to think about, too, because you know with these advanced NBA that they still like to shoot the three, but I think Tibbs still likes to be in the post a little bit. So you might see a little bit more post RJ this season as well. Yeah. And um mm-hmm. and he's been pretty good on post-ups last season. Man. I, don't, I don't remember the stats off, the, off my mind, but I feel like he was in the top – like the top uh, percent, like points per possession and post-ups. Yeah. Well, I, I think anything that they could do to to augment, obviously, his lack of foot speed, lack of athleticism, he's, he's got to use his size. Use his size mm-hmm. to an advantage. And if that's working out the post, if you can get 
um, you know, easy movement to the three-point line out of the post. Uh, I, I think that's a plus. You see how they how they use Jimmy um, on those side pick and rolls to get him downhill. Yeah. I think you're going to see more of that with RJ and Tibbs as well. Um, let's see who's going to be on those weak side corners. Is it going to be mm-hmm. Dotson or Knox or Frank or right. so on? Um, you know, utilizing RJ's strengths to, to elevate the, the rest of the team. So it's going to be interesting to see. Um, all right, final call of the night. Let's go to the BX. Mario's with us. Mario, what's going on, man? What's up, fellas? How y'all doing tonight? Man? How you feeling, bro? All right. Doing good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Yo, CP3, I called you last week, and you kind of went at me when I was telling you about OB Toppin, and you was cracking jokes. <laughs> it's all good. It's all love. But all I right. did mention that um, Golden State was interested in Frank, and you guys were like that I was crazy that maybe they might want Frank and Julius Randle for that second pick. I uh, want to know if you actually saw that rumor on the news on the on the website today because <laughs> it was on. up. <laughs> no, man. And also, if you had to keep Mitch or RJ, which one would you rather keep? I think I'd rather keep Mitch than RJ. Um, what do you just take? You just take. Man, pre- appreciate the call, Mario. I didn't hear that rumor, man. I don't. I don't. That's not out there. Man. No that's, way. That's not out there. That's not out there, man. I, really? I think the Knicks would walk. Frank and Julius <laughs> to Golden State from Manhattan on foot yep. to go bring that number two pick back. So, Hell yeah. Nah, I, I don't think that's happening. But No way that's happening. Yeah, he, he likes OB at eight. We'll see. I think OB could slip, and, and I think he could be a possibility for the Knicks. So we'll see what happens. Man. That's a 2K trade if I ever heard Yeah, that, I agree, man. Um, fellas, real quick, your reactions. Our neighbors across the bridge signed Steve Nash as the head coach of New Jersey Nets. What did you guys think about it? Jail is at your borough, so you go first. <laughs> I mean, listen. I am not... It's, this is like a really boomer bust move to me because if, I, this is, if I'm the Knicks and I'm, take, I'm doing my usual takes on these things, I have a hard time throwing a coach in, making him the head coach who's never coached before in his entire life. I just can't wrap my brain around that concept like my first day i'm just gonna run a whole franchise like this is a learning curve for me like yeah. it's, it's not just coaching it's managing personalities it's managing assistants it's like levels so for me i mean it, it's i i feel like it might it looks good on paper but it might be rough yeah that's what i but um i mean maybe you'll have Kyrie's ear bare minimum but but you know x's and o's and Defense and managing personalities. I don't think it's long term. At least mm. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. That might blow up if it doesn't turn around quick. JB, what, what yeah. were your thoughts on it? No, I mean, yeah, I, it, it has to worry you the fact that you know it seems like Durant and Kyrie are kind of just calling the shot, right? Of, of who it is, and we get it. That's what comes with you know being able to get those guys, right? So. Um, but no, I mean, I completely agree. I just think it's a risk move. Like any, you can you can hit the jackpot, right? Like for all we know, there, there's stuff that that they know about Nash, his pedigree that that it makes sense, and he's ready for this, and and it just right. works. And then you know, the roster is the roster. I mean, we we can talk about coaching. I've I've said this about the Knicks, where you know, everyone's like, well, what do you think about the hire? What do you think about the hire? It's like the roster. Yeah. Get the roster better. <laughs> the what? The coach is going to look good. Now, again, when you're 
it, it can make a difference, I think, on the in the margin. So if you're the Nets and you're thinking, I'm going to compete for a championship, I don't know. Like, does this does this make it where maybe you max out a little little less than that? If if you know you're throwing someone into the fire who's not ready for it yet, um, exactly. you know. So there's no way though anyone could walk away. I think feeling like this is a great move. Right. Um, there's a lot of risk there. Right. I, listen, I, I think they were going to make a splash once they got rid of Atkinson. Um, I thought you know they could have went Jeff Van Gundy. To a lesser extent, Mark Jackson, but he's he's absolutely blackballed. So I think Steve Nash was was also a, a big move for them. As you said, JB, it's it's about the horses, man. And right now they have it. And with KD coming yeah. back healthy, you have Kyrie, you have Karis Levert, who put his name uh, on the map in the bubble. Do they keep Dinwiddie? Do they bring back Harris? They come back with another year of Jared Allen uh, maturity under their belt. They're gonna be, they're gonna be a nice team, man. Just give credit yeah. where it's due. They're gonna be a, a very good team. So again, it's gonna come down to uh, late game execution. You know, sidelines out of bounds plays. You know, those those late um, situations. Is he gonna be ready for that? Who's gonna be? I think Jock Vaughn is gonna be the associate head coach. I think. Yeah. I'm not sure yeah. if the if the staff has has rounded out yet, but obviously they're gonna give him a guy that. Um, has extensive experience on the sidelines as well. So they they, they bring in Jock Vaughn for that. Um, I will, you know, Stephen A had come up with, with the topic, um, well, not come up with the topic, but he came out saying that, you know, this was a, a white privilege situation, that Steve Nash jumped over all these guys and, and, uh, and got the job. I disagree in that, yes, there is a, an issue in terms of diversity in sports, period. Um, in basketball, you only have five head black head coaches. You know, football, it's even it's even worse. You know, where it's whether it's coaching or the executive levels. But I think there's a there's a blurred line between what should be considered privilege and what is just relationships. Yeah, because mm-hmm. this to me does not happen without Katie and Kyrie signing off. You know, the Atkinson ouster was definitely them. Them mm-hmm. bringing in Steve Nash was definitely them. This is who they wanted, you know. And Ty Lue, same thing. Ty Lue walked right into a championship in Cleveland. That was LeBron. LeBron wanted, and David Griffin wanted, but that's who LeBron wanted. So I disagree with Stephen A. in terms of, oh, this was a privileged situation because if this is who the players want, this is who they, they, they know who they've worked with, I can't knock them for making that decision. Yeah, absolutely. And he's not the, like, and, Derek Fisher too. Derek Fisher just came straight from a game. Right. And started coaching yep. the Knicks. Right. Well on his uh, way to being one Kidd. of the worst coaches in Knicks history. Yeah. <laughs> Jason Kidd did the same with Brooke. Like it's it's happened before with black coaches. I, like you said, there's is a diversity problem. But I mean it's it's more like who you know with that situation specifically, it's more who you yeah. know. And the the, the all star cachet, man. The all star cachet has a lot to do with that as well. Steve Nash is one of the best point guards to ever play the game. So that, that's yep. it. Man. Uh, JJ, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, to me, I think that I come from it in the two sides of if it was in terms of how it was covered, right? So if it was the Knicks, I feel like that point would be picked at even more. Um, although I have seen since I originally kind of brought that up that, you know, more people have been talking about that with the Knicks. Um, you know, I, I I defer to you guys, I guess, more more on this because it, it it's something that I think is obviously more personal to you to touch. But I think the lack of interviews is something that maybe you look at where you say, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, they handpicked him, but 
but that doesn't mean you can't have guys come in for interviews, give them a chance. Even when a guy's name gets in the news that he's going for an interview, it helps elevate his status, yeah. right? So maybe you can you can help guys out that way. So to me, I think that's that's another area that you say, well, why not at least run through some interviews first, yeah. right? Um, but I, you know, I, I I see what you're saying. It, it's different where this this was the star player signing off on it. If it was just the front office and it's like you know a white general manager making this decision without any input from anyone around them, I think you look at it a little bit different. Yeah, yeah, like like a Rooney Rule, right? They have the Rooney Rule in the NFL. Um, is it good? Is it great? Probably not because they're still going with relationships. It did get a Mike Tomlin his job with the Steelers. You know, Steelers only yep. had three coaches in their history, in the history of the franchise, right? They had Chuck Noll, they had Bill Cower, and I believe it was it was um it, it was Tomlin. Um very yeah, few coaches. Yeah. Don't hold me to that, but my point is they had very few coaches. But Tomlin got in as a result of the Rooney rule, got them a Super Bowl championship, and, and the rest was history. I think I I like your point though, JB. It's like even if you don't intend on hiring that candidate, like the yeah. Knicks with a Jamal Mosley. Right. His Mm -hmm. name has now begun to to, uh, you know, percolate throughout the league. You have Udoka, whose name is starting Mm -hmm. to kind of resonate throughout the league. So maybe just getting those interviews with those high profile clubs and just getting your name out there will kind of help you down the road. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's an interesting, interesting debate, man. Definitely interesting, uh, especially where we're at in sports and society at large, man. Yeah. But, but good conversation, fellas. Um, great show, JB. Definitely appreciate the return of Nick's Film School. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's Nick's Fan TV and, and the Nick of Time show. Mm-hmm. Uh, JB, I'm going to throw it over to you to, to sign out, man. Yeah, yeah. No, thanks, guys. It's good to be back. And then, obviously, now uh, you can find me on Daily Nick's, and, but also the Strickland um for anyone who hasn't checked it it's a new site it just came out with probably a lot of the writers you used to see in either on twitter or reading from posting and toasting um the website's a little different so it's the strict.land so it's not like the strickland.com it's the strict.land um but definitely check that out because it's some of the more like in-depth like if you're a diehard knicks fan and you're tired of just like all like kind of like rumor stuff whatnot um, you go there and, and you, you know you can go down some rabbit holes on some topics and there's a lot of good stuff so I wanted to make sure I gave uh, and I've been writing there occasionally too so I want to make sure I gave them a shout out Strickland has Absolutely. been beasting beasting with yeah, the man. JL yeah man go ahead bro <laughs> um, yeah shout out to uh, you guys thanks for having me as well um, no new episode for Nick and Time Show this week but definitely check out the old episodes on youtube.com slash Nick Time Show check the, the Macri interview um, that we had talking about trading down definitely check that out and yeah follow me on twitter instagram facebook the kot show on twitter nick time show on instagram and check the blog too at nicktimeshow.com that's all back to you ZP. yes sir great show fellas and um salute to everybody that joined in once again over 600 people joined us once again remember that this show is available in audio podcast format spotify apple Podcasts, google play amazon alexa iHeartRadio, everything 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 is all on the knicks fan tv remember to hit that thumbs up button for you boys share these videos leave a comment in the chat leave a comment um after we end this show to continue to support uh, i want to just salute some extra super chats that came in uh joshua smalls 
sent a super chat. He says, his Mitch is a cornerstone. 14 to 15 shouldn't be a problem. Lock him up now. He will be more expensive once he hits that unrestricted free agency market. Um, Canal Ben Lawa says, Barrett, Frank, and Portis for Wiggins and the second. They get cap space. Two young players that play defense and move the ball. We get two picks. Um, don't think Golden State would do that, but appreciate the uh, super chat. He also says, um, oh, he said the same thing. No love for my super chat. RJ Frank and Portis for Wiggins at the second pick. Appreciate the super <laughs> chat, man. I, I just don't think Golden State would go that route. Uh, Michael Parker, number one fan of the show, he says, trade Barrett for the second pick. I uh, don't see it happening, but, but Michael Parker is out on RJ. He says, RJ is extremely really? overrated. If Golden State is dumb enough to bite, let the Knicks be the team that fleeces for once. The steal of the draft is Alexei Pokusevsky. There we go. So Poku. he's throwing his name in the Poku um, oh, wagon. We uh, we have a nice video on Alexei Pokusevsky as well, man. Check okay. it out on Knicks Fan TV as well. Yo, Pokemon is, is gaining steam, man. Pokemon <laughs> is gaining steam. Good nickname, Jails. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Co- copy uh i'm a nickname king yeah, so trademark, trademark that. <laughs> um shout out dj's man's hampton va 757 in the building paul butler chuck allen appreciate it all the mods appreciate it uh jl so you want to shout out man oh yeah definitely shout out to everybody in the chat uh, dj's man shout out to you gregory lee my guy fritz from down as usual um i saw my guy wayne wayne pet childhood friend shout out to you wayne haymaker edward figueroa sammy soso Everybody, man. Hey, Santos. Gregory Castillo, shout out to you, man. Always holding me down. Shout out to you. Yes, sir. Everybody be good. Mm -hmm. Enjoy your uh, Labor Day. Enjoy that with your family. Be safe out there. We'll catch up with you guys, man. Number one show for the fans, by the fans. Peace. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.